It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode of the Adventure Jogger podcast brought to you by Christopher Kling, Michael Nixdorf, Ryan Banks, Andrew Doshit, all of our Patreon supporters, and of course you. Yes, you the listener. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Uh, (laughs) Dale Garland, I I have never had a guest with such a stacked resume and as i was trying to put together this this interview in my head like what what are we Mm going to talk about and i'm looking at all the things you've done and all the things that you're doing and i'm like my god this could fill 10 episodes i've never had a mayor on the podcast before you're (laughs) you're the mayor of durango colorado i was the mayor of durango yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's that's a heck you know ryan and what it was was i you know my my real career is in teaching Mm -hmm. and um and i'm a history i'm a long-suffering high school history teacher and also a student leadership advisor so it was one of those things almost like well, two things. One was you either put up or shut up when it starts. you start talking about being involved in government and things like that and all politics being local. And then there were just a couple of, of um, I guess, issues and things like that in Durango, Colorado that I felt real strongly about. And so I said, well, you know, here's one way to make a difference. Yeah, you taught for 31 years. And then at some point in that 31 years, you're teaching these kids over and over again, like, listen, there is no better way to make change than local government. If you're not happy with something in your community, well, then gosh exactly. darn it, you need to run for office. And all of a sudden you're sitting there, you've probably given this speech a hundred times. And at some point you go, I got to kind of put yeah. my money where my mouth is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, that, that, and Ryan, that's exactly it. It's like, you know, you can, you can talk about it all you want, but, but at some point you got to go out and do, you got to go out and do it. So there was a thing hanging over my my uh, door in my my classroom and say go out and make a difference you know and and so that was kind of like well better better start living by what i you know i have hanging over my door you're probably known more for we'll we'll take the hard rock rd out of the equation for a minute we're getting to that in a minute yeah but as as the as the spouse of a teacher you're Mm -hmm. probably known more in durango as Mr. Garland, the history teacher, Huge. than you are Mayor Huge. Garland. Like, no, like, yeah. you, you, like, if you want to know what it's like to be a rock star, be a teacher in your community, you probably get recognized all the time when you go out as, right. as a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Much more than the politics. You know, the, the politics is, is, you know, a short lived thing. But, you know, what the other thing I'm, I'm, I'm learning, Ryan, is my legacy at, Durango High School, like I was there a couple of days ago, and I've been retired now for two years. It's like half the people don't know who I am, you know, and that includes the staff or the the students. So, so, you know, my legacy is going to be four years in the building, but then you're right. Then you run into people and, and you run into, you know, people who've moved on with their lives or parents of kids that you had and that kind of stuff. Um, And, you know, it was so funny. I was up actually hiking, uh, 
in Silverton for part of our women's running weekend, I ran into a parent of a former student and she went on and on about, you know, what he's doing now and how formative it was, you know, to sit in my classes and stuff like that. But, but the other, the funnier thing is I also have a mobile DJ business where I do a lot of weddings. And, and so doing weddings of former students, they don't know what to call me. They don't know if they should drink in front of me, you know, any of that. So they immediately go back to that student teacher relationship kind of thing okay as a wedding dj i gotta add that to the list i have more things here as a wedding (laughs) dj dale what is the go-to jam when the when you're losing the crowd you know the 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 dance floor floor filler yeah what's what what do you have to pull out of the old repertoire to get the dance floor you can never right now you can never go wrong with bruno mars very true very true. You can never go. I mean, that hits that hits moms, that hits, you know, aunts and, you know, grandparents and 20 and somethings, everything. You, you can't go wrong with that. What is the strangest request you've ever been asked to play at a wedding oh, from the bride geez. and groom? Yeah. Um, I had one, and this was about three years ago. They, they said, we don't want to hear any, we don't want to hear any complete songs. We just want to hear like a minute to a minute and a half of songs and never we, you know, we want to create this club vibe and we don't want to ever have a song played all the way to the end. It's like, well, that's weird, you know? So, so trying to find, you know, and match the beats and stuff like that. It was, it was, that one was, that one was tough. Did you look at them and say, listen, I'm a 30, I've been teaching high school history for 31 years. I'm a retired school teacher. I don't know how yeah. to do that. You, you, yeah. you, you hired the wrong guy for this. I'm the race yeah. director of Hard Rock. I am not DJ Hard Rock. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I did? We had, I had I had a couple other guys who 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 helped me DJ. So I I kind of pawned that one off on one of the other DJs and said, you know, you figure it out, Eric. You know, so. <laughs> Durango, Colorado, is such an mm-hmm. endurance town. It has a much different relationship with ultra running and mountain running than a whole lot of other communities um, right you know where i live and cycling and cycling i gotta put a shout in for our boy sep coos who who i had in class and who did a pretty good job these last couple of weeks in uh, over in spain that's awesome that, that that's it, Vuelta. Yeah. I, it's it's so neat to have a town so wrapped up into endurance because like i was saying you know most places where, I mean, where i live nobody believes this stuff happens but right. here you are in the shadow of silverton you know the mayor of durango was also the race director of hard rock the guy who was teaching history at the high school for 31 years is the rd of hard rock that had to have been an interesting dynamic was that something that kind of worked its way into the other aspects of your life as the teacher, as the mayor, as the wedding DJ, because of that relationship Durango has with endurance. Right. Did they also know you, everybody know you as the, as this, as the hard rock guy? Yeah. I came to hard rock at about the same time I came to education and that kind of thing. And and I I kind of just started my professional career. Durango is a real interesting place in that on any given weekend, you know, um, it was like, well, what'd you do? Well, I ran to the bottom of the Grand Canyon and back. Oh, what'd you do? Well, you know, I skied 10,000 vertical feet, you know, mm-hmm. and it just becomes, oh, I went for a mountain bike ride on the Colorado Trail for 50 miles and turned around and came back. So so it, it kind of, it, it does kind of change your perception about what is normal when it comes to athletics because everybody is so outdoor focused and, and oriented towards doing things that, on any given weekend, people are doing extraordinary things. So, but it, that being said, Hard Rock was still kind of, it's, it's still one of those things that people in Durango get excited about. And they were like, "Ooh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Cause you know, it really, cause they, all, they all go up to, they all go up to that area. They know the area, they know the mountains, they know the trails, all that kind of thing. So they were like, yeah, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Hard Rock. There's something different about it. And there are hundred milers, you know, you're not the first, you're not the, you know, but there is something about hard rock, the atmosphere, the environment, the, the mystery of it, you know, I mean, there is so much to hard rock as an outsider looking in, does that Mm -hmm. magic 
of that race exist in the local level? Does do do the people of 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 Durango and Silverton and Telluride do the runners in that area perceive the magic that the rest of the country and the rest of the world subscribe you know kind of puts on hard rock? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of, they kind of buy into it. They help, they help establish it. Um, in some cases, you know, in terms of, of some of the things that we do to build that community, to build that culture and things like that. I, I lean on people in Durango. Um, you know, our course director is from Durango. Um, our runner tracking coordinator is from Durango. So, so rock, um, at both as an organizational level, but then also a supportive level, you know, people coming up and working at aid stations and, and just being part of the community. Yeah, they appreciate it. How do you create that environment? Because more so than any other hundred that I've interviewed people that have ran, you know, I mean, Western States has its magic. Mm-hmm. Leadville has its magic. There's a lot of races right. that have magic, but Hard Rock right. creates this community in a way that I don't think I've seen replicated in any other race. Um, how do you, how does Hard Rock build, what do you do, Dale, to build this incredible community? <laughs> What's the secret sauce? Right, like, well, like, 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 was it intentional from the start? Or, or how, how did that all come to come about? Very, very intentional, very intentional. Um, and, I, and I think back, Ryan, to, to a couple of different things. Um, one is that we never, even from the very beginning, back in when we start setting this up in the 80s, early 90s, when we started having those discussions about what did we want to have, we never put it, we, well, let me say this, we always put an emphasis on the community, that every finisher was treated equally around, you know, Mother Nature didn't make any, I mean, this is all about celebrating wild and tough nature of, of the San Juan Mountains, and nobody, nobody got, nobody got treated special with mother nature or in the mountains or things like that. So, so there's, there's this egalitarian thing um, that we've had kind of since the beginning. Mm -hmm. I think the other, another thing that we've done is we, we spent a lot of time early on trying to decide who we were going to be and and developing some values that we said, these are, this is what is important. And, And we made decisions and we made plans and we made all sorts of things based on a pretty well-defined set of values. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the third thing is, I I think we, well, two things. One, we try to treat everybody the same. You know, um, we've been fortunate to have some great people. You know, I I caught your your podcast with Courtney, you know, a couple weeks ago and and, and she was great. Um, But we encourage even well, we encourage everybody to be part of the community, whether they're the first finisher or the last finisher. Um, and, and, and we try to celebrate everybody equally. Okay. So it, it's, I, you know, Ryan, it, people ask me that a lot. And, and yeah, it was by design. It was, it was very intentional. But I don't think I can point to one specific thing and say, this is it. You know? Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of a culmination of a lot of, a lot of things. Let's put a pin in Hard Rock for mm-hmm. a second because I think the story sure. of that race is tied into so many people, but especially the story of the race director. Dale, <laughs> how did you get involved in the sport of ultra running at a time when it was not very big? It was you and a couple no. crazy people, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and I can almost point it exactly to the to the to to the not to the minute, but to the to the certainly the year and the month. Um, I came to ultra running um, by virtue of an article that I read in in the Denver Post about this trail called the Colorado Trail and how it was going to connect Durango and Denver. And I thought, you know, I'm up for a great adventure, and so. I contacted Goody Gaskell, who was the matriarch of, of the Colorado Trail. And she goes, and, and she was, very, she was, she was very focused. She's, he was a great executive director of the Colorado Trail. She goes, well, what if you were part of the opening ceremony? And I went, well, okay. I mean, I don't know anything about it. You know, the furthest I'd ever run was a marathon, but I'll give it a shot. And so then I recruited some people. Um, and this was 1986. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. 86, 87, yeah, 86. So we planned on, we, 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 we ran the Colorado Trail. We were part of the, the dedication. But what that showed me was, well, two things. One was the, um, just how great it was to be out on the trails and running for long periods of time. 
and how much I, it just kind of spoke to my soul and, and it just really, I just really enjoyed it. Um, the other, the other thing that, two other things happened in 1988 when we did that. One was as part of the Colorado Trail, we ran through Leadville and, and you're right, Ryan, there weren't that many. I mean, there was Western States and there, there was Leadville and, and I saw some posters in Leadville. We were, you know, taking a break, um, at night from the, the trail and went into town and I said, wow, this hundred mile thing is pretty cool. So, you know, I thought, well, maybe I'll try that. And I, and I met um, and I introduced myself to Marilee. I found Marilee O'Neill, who was the run director for the Leadville 100 at yeah. the time. Um, and then the third thing is I read this article in Ultra Running magazine about a, a, from a gentleman. There was no social media. There's no Facebook. There was nothing like that. Yeah. So it was the Ultra Running was the Bible. And he's and Gordon Hardman from Boulder said, I have this idea of connecting these four mining towns through a series of trails um, and celebrating this this hard rock mining tradition, you know, anybody out there want to help? And it was like, okay, that sounds that sounds fun. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll be up for that. So it, it's kind of those combination of those three things kind of led me to the path of of um, of directing hard rock. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You ran Leadville was your first 100. Yeah. How many starters were on oh, the geez. line for Leadville when you ran it back in the 80s? I don't know. 150. Which is crazy. There's 800 now. Like, like that's got to that's yeah, blow exactly. your mind. I just showed up. You know, Marilee said, yeah. I said, Marilee, can I jump into Leadville? She goes, yeah, come back. You know, come and, come and, come and run. You know, when... Um, you know, when you get done run with the Colorado Trail, come back and I'll just I'll just put you in the run. So I said, okay. It's like, okay. <laughs> but, oh yeah, it's a whole lot different now. You know, both in terms of the scope, uh, the eighties and early nineties was was a lot different than it is now. Uh, folks, don't try to email Dale and say, hey, I was going to be in the area. Can I get into Hard Rock? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> a, little, a little different. Yeah, a little different now. Way different. Um, yeah. yeah. But I will say one more thing. Yeah. And, I, and I'll, I'll do this publicly till the day I die. I, hard Rock would not be the event that it is without Merrill O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Um, Merrily, when when the decision was made that we're going to do this run, and you're going to be kind of one of the organizers and and that kind of thing. There are actually five of us that kind of put it together, but um, the other ones were more interested in developing the course and and doing other things. And so the overall organization kind of fell to me. Um, Merrily, I called Merrily. I go, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And, and she said, well, let me help you, you know, yeah. and, and she could have said your competition, figure it out for yourself. But she said, let me help you. And so a lot of what I learned as a baby race director was at the knee of, of Marilee O'Neill. That's incredible to think about, yeah. you know, at that, that time, especially because there is probably what in the late 1980s, maybe 10 total hundred milers in the United yeah. States. Yeah. Um, and so to have, and especially to have one so close, like, yeah, it's not like you were starting right. one in Nebraska, like you're starting right. one, you know, a car ride away um, mm-hmm. from, from mm-hmm. Leadville. It's interesting yeah. how all of those things kind of happened together, right? Like, right. like here you right. are, we're doing the Colorado trail. You stumble upon Leadville. She lets you in like, Oh, just come on back, sweetheart. We'll let you in. No problem. You read this article about linking these four mining towns in the San Juans. You reach out to this person and you're like, hey, I think this sounds like a great idea. And then really it takes about what, like three years from the genesis of the idea to the first ever hard rock. What did those three years of, of planning and prep look like? Yeah, a lot of, well, you know, there was a lot of planning in terms of route finding, Mm -hmm. um, putting together a route, going out and scouting a route. We actually had two 
people, one who had grown up in Telluride by the name of John Kappas and a gentleman by the name of Rick Trujillo, who many of your, you know, many of your listeners may know as a, as one of the early, early, early mountain runners um, who had grown up in Uray. And, and those were two of the other, uh, the other five. Um, but it took us, you know, a couple of years to start finding trails. And, you know, we'd sit around and pour over these U.S. U- USGS maps, you know, and say, well, here's where the trail goes, you know, these systems trails, but Rick would say, or John would say, oh, but there's this trail that goes over here. There's a trail that goes over here. Then we'd go run it and measure it and, and that kind of thing. We had a very supportive person at the Bureau of Land Management who basically was very helpful and said, you know, what, what can we do uh, to help make this happen? Um, and then there was just the organization of getting volunteers and figuring out aid stations and things like that. So it just took it just took a while to to get it all put together. Was there a lot of moments of there's no way anyone could run this? Like we have to find another way. Like were there yeah. routes where you're like this is impossible? We've got to find something yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it came it came a lot from from like Rick Trujillo and John Kappas and goes, you know, I know this area, but when you put this whole thing together, it's like, and we're going to give them 48 hours to do that. There's no way that people are going to do this. You know, um, and so our course has stayed relatively the same since the 90s. I mean, we've tweaked it a few just a, a couple of miles here and a mile, couple of miles there. But, yeah, I mean, there we were taking a big leap into the unknown. It was like, well, you know, how long is this going to take somebody? Well, we can't be out here for days and days and days. So let's give them, you know, let's give them two days and we'll, we'll see what happens. And if we have to adjust it, then we'll adjust it. Did you base a little bit off of Leadville? Like, okay, if they're giving them 30 hours to finish Leadville, then this seems to make sense. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit, you know, in terms of average pace per mile and elevation gains. And I mean, the the John Kappas and Charlie Thorne, who who was the other person that was part of this, were both scientists um, at the time at Los Alamos National Lab. So they just fired up those supercomputers and just ran, you know, just ran, <laughs> well, if we do this and this and this and this, and they came up with um, a lot of a, a lot of data. So you're uh, telling me in a very roundabout way, Oppenheimer has something to do with hard rock. <laughs> sure. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> Without Oppenheimer, there would not well, be and, hard rock. And, you know, and to this day, and to this day, let's see. Half, well, not half. I don't want to say that, but Los Alamos is still one of the the hotbeds of hard rock. I mean, our many members of our board are on the on from Los Alamos. We we run data from from you know Los Alamos and stuff. So it, yeah, we're we're kind of connected to that. We're at the hip with these guys. One could argue that yeah. I saw Oppenheimer and I go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's the grandfather of the hard rock <laughs> right yeah. right right there you know one yeah. could argue spending all that time around radiation might make you a little crazy and want to do <laughs> yeah. some of these yeah. things <laughs> i just don't know you know during that time I, I mean you know john and charlie and and later on blake wood and you know now others uh, dave copeland's and dan ryan and other people who are working at the lab man i i, I think they they use as much of the the computing power of those supercomputers that they're supposed to be doing for national defense, you know, figuring out permutations on <laughs> cutoff times and splits and things like that for hard rock. <laughs> so your taxpayer dollars, your taxpayer dollars at work. There you go. <laughs> that's fantastic. Wow. That, that folks, you're not hearing anywhere else. That's a, that's yeah. a little piece of info you didn't know about hard rock. Um, yeah. You spend all this time. You finally get. Well, let me finish. I'll okay. just finish one more yeah, story. Yeah, I know you, um, actually, the the overall um, director of the Los Alamos lab, mm-hmm. retired, is a geologist, and he comes every year to do a presentation on the geology of the San Juans during our Camp Hard Rock. Yeah. So it just kind of trickles. It trickles down from the top at Los Alamos. Who knew? I that that yeah. is so that is so cool. You spend yeah. all that time. You get three years to figure all this out, get all the permits, use the supercomputer to make everything work and everything tick. 1992 is the first hard rock. How back in like like nowadays, you want a new race, you put that out on Instagram or whatever, and you've got some hype person going, this is mm-hmm. the most gnarly extreme race in mm-hmm. the world, and everybody signs up. Mm-hmm. How do you launch a race, Dale, in 1992? 
put it in ultra sign up, put it in the, put it in the back of ultra sign up and who shows up ultra runner magazine. Right. So as we just put was, an ad back there. Yeah. Put it, that was it. That was it. I mean, that's all, that's all we did. That's all we could do. And then, um, we, we had 42 people show up and it was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> that first year, Ryan, I am surprised that a, we didn't kill anybody and B that there was year two. I mean, we, we learned so much in that first year about, you know, course marking that the marmots love the, the taste of our course markers. Um, we learned that our radio signals weren't quite as strong as we thought they were. So we were trying to, you know, we had people sitting up on tops of passes, um, you know, signals. Uh, yeah, we learned, we learned a whole, whole lot of, of, um, things that we used for year two all kind of sat around after year you know after that went wow this that 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 was interesting so (laughs) so but yeah and then fortunately people people you know we we had some people who uh really embraced the idea of this wild and tough kind of mantra that we've we've had and went back and told their friends and we've it's kind of been a steady steady growth you know for that first 10 years or so 10 to 15 years who would have known that marmots would eat trail markings? <laughs> they loved it. They loved them. They loved them. <laughs> what were you marking the trail with, well, bacon? Was, of course, if, if you've ever been, if any of your listeners or if you've been in the San Juan Mountains in the summer, it's it's a crapshoot whether or not you have good weather or not. It's right in the middle of the monsoon season. Mm-hmm. So we had rain we had snow we had wind i mean it was it was one of those times like you know mother nature is is throwing everything she you know she's got at us to to you know to put us through our paces yeah yeah how many years in before you felt like okay i think we've got this under control um yeah that's a really good question you know because i think if i use the model of 1991 as, as, um, as to answer that question, probably seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're really passionate. We, we ask a lot. We we had a lot of analytical discussions and things like that as an organization, but then as, as, as ultra running changed and the expectations changed and, and the, and the, the runner's mentality who came there changed and things like that. It's kind of that, that time frame has kind of shortened a little bit because now, we try to do things, um, you know, to kind of keep current, keep relevant on a much shorter time frame, one or two years. You know, we're we're trying to figure out what's 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 best for the people at Hard Rock. Yeah. When did it become bigger than you imagined? Like you were like, oh, mm-hmm. whoa, 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 hold on, we're out to something here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would say that. When Hard Rock exploded, I, I, I lay it at the feet of two people. One is a, a runner from Albuquerque, New Mexico, by the name of Jim Fisher, mm-hmm. who, and this is post, I mean, pre-social media, that kind of stuff. He rode in into ultra running. Somebody's going to die on that course. And we saw this huge spike in, in entries the next year. <laughs> like, okay, well. <laughs> and then uh, the second one probably um, without – well, I was when Killian, the first year that Killian Journey came and that attracted a whole lot more attention. We, we've been having lotteries since 2012. Yeah. But we didn't see that huge exponential, you know, wait list thing that 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 is the bane of everybody's or many people's existence now until about 2015, 2016. That's amazing. The threat of death and Killian Jornet is all you really need you to get go. your race off That's the all ground. That's <laughs> all you need. That's all you need. Kudos to Jim Fisher about writing that because that was like, oh, yeah. Then. But, yeah. You know, it's so, funny. So, yeah, I think around 2010, 11, 12, we kind of realized. Uh, and, and I think the, 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 the community, the ultra running community realized that it was a pretty, pretty cool thing to, to be a part of. I have to wonder, when you read that article... This is this is a baby you helped create with a bunch of other people, and here you've got someone going. Someone's gonna die there. <laughs> yeah. Like your reaction was probably not, "Ooh, this is good for business." Here it no, goes. <laughs> no, no, I was like, "Damn it!" And, and Jim Fisher and Jim Fisher had run Hard Rock, so it was like, 
Jim, you're killing. Oh, I'm sorry, bad choice of words. But Jim, this is not kind of the publicity that we want. But uh, I guess it just kind of goes to some of the the uh, mindset of some of the runners at the time. Yeah, you do the you do the uh, exit or interview with all the finishers the following year, and they're like, "What? Well, what brought you to Hard Rock? I heard someone's going to die here. I thought, why not give this a shot? I mean, I mean, it could have been me. And I could have been me, right? Right. Um, you yeah. talked you talked about starting the lottery in in mm-hmm. 2012. Mm-hmm. How was that decision? Because I I've, I've always wondered with with race directors that you create this thing and it becomes so big and there's so many people that want to experience it. It can't be an easy decision to say, okay, we're just going to have to change the way we allow people into this. Right. Right. And and once we, I mean, we, we have very good relationships um, with our permitting agencies. I mean, we, uh, the Bureau of land management holds a permit and the forest United States forest service holds a permit. And to be honest, that is a huge factor in the decision of, of how big Hard Rock um, can be. The other thing that we we try to do as an organization is what is the, the the maximum number of people that we can bring to run experience as a runner um, without diminishing the experience for which they come, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. And, and Silverton, if you've never been to Silverton or if your listeners have never been to Silverton, it's a town of 450 people. So facilities become kind of an issue. You know, how many people can you put in the gym for the awards ceremony? How many people can you put in beds? And so so all those decisions kind of get jumbled up in terms of of what the number is that we that we feel that we can we can legitimately support. Your brain needs support and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Um, and then the other part was we, we had this real discussion um, early on about this idea of, and, and you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, about the community. You know, there are people who are the keepers of the hard rock community. They're the keeper of the hard rock vision. They're the p- people who, the keeper of the hard rock values. And we always want to make sure that we strike a balance between those, that group of individuals and people who want to come and experience hard rock for the first time or because they've they've done it as a pacer and they become enamored with it or they've got friends who have done it and that kind of thing and so that that balance between what we call the veterans or uh, in the old lottery the veterans and the else's versus the nevers um, was something that's always been something that that we talk about every year and we try to adjust it and keep it you know yeah keep it in mind how did you create because hard rock has the most interesting lottery in all that's a nice word thank you ryan (laughs) (laughs) remember remember who's running this a bunch of scientists from los alamos national labs blame oppenheimer okay that you blame him uh that was not in christopher nolan's movie but it's all his fault um (laughs) how how did you come up with this concept Mm -hmm. of of the lottery and what was that process like yeah, that, that was um, through a lot of, I, I mean, I joke about the computer thing, but but it was also kind of that part of it is like really sitting and, and taking a hard look about um, who are, who are target, I mean, who our runners were, what's our, what's our community, you know, and how do we make that balance? Um, and then giving ourselves the grace or giving ourselves the permission to kind of tweak that on a yearly basis or a, another year. Um, and so that's where we kind of came up with this three tiered um, thing of if you finish more than five years, then you're competing in the lottery with only other people with five year, you know, five years of experience. And if you finished one to four times, then we didn't feel like, you know, you should be in the same lottery as the people who've never been in there because that's where we saw all the growth. And so it was really just kind of analyzing on a yearly basis who the applicants were and then trying to adjust it every year. I'm sure the intention, you talked about the culture of hard rock Mm -hmm. and trying to, you know, keep the race 
to have that that culture mm-hmm. that you bring the right runners in, you want to have that 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 magic happen and mm-hmm. continue that mm-hmm. magic. And it exactly. sounds like that was the intent. But you don't get, but people say also, you know, I'm sorry, Ryan. You yeah. know, people people uh, say, well, it be it's it's just it's it's a closed community. It's like no, it's not a closed community. You know, it's just that the. Then the the way the balance of the numbers work out, there's all sorts of people who have never experienced hard rock. Much that's a much bigger pool than the ones who have been there or or have been there many times and things like that. So it is it like I say, it's it's a discussion, and I don't know if there's a, a, a great answer for how to make that balance work. Well, and it's gonna be hard for you because you know there are runners that have been trying to get into hard rock there are runners that could win hard rock who can't get in because they've tried and through the lottery i think of one i think a, a kyle Curtin. he's a good friend of mine lives in durango mm-hmm. uh, you know kyle's a congratulations guy congratulations on tdg for him he was yeah. like yeah. i like wow I, i've fallen along and i'm just yeah. like oh my god what what an amazing performance yeah. but kyle yeah. Curtin's a guy that given the right year who shows up who's in the lottery, how his day goes, how other racers go. He's a guy who could win hard rock and he's been trying to Mm -hmm. get in for 10 years. Mm -hmm. That for you, that has, you know, runners, you can probably give me a list of a hundred people that you'd love to put in the race, but you can't. Exactly. Lottery day is one of the most exciting, but one of the most gut wrenching days of my year Mm -hmm. for exactly that reason. You know, I'm excited for the 144 people who whose names are selected, and I'm deeply, deeply saddened for the ones who didn't, um, who didn't get in. So I take some I take some solace in that um, it's to be part of Hard Rock. There's a lot. Of, you don't have to wear a number to be part of Hard Rock, mm-hmm. uh, even though most people want to do. I mean, that's the reason for most of them. But but what I see other people it's like okay so if i really i want to be part of this so what else what else can i do um you know and i'll use a personal example this year uh, chris twiggs who's a 16-time finisher of hard rock the mother nature or lady luck was not not kind to chris twiggs you know and he, he wasn't selected in in a lottery with you know 16 finishes it's like shit you know uh oh sorry that's sorry. okay you're fine <laughs> uh, you know the, the, god you know how can that happen and it, it does happen you know kirk apt are the person who's finished it the most times got in off the wait list so it, it does happen but what chris said was if i can't run I want to share my knowledge. I want to share my hard rock experiences in a different way. And and he came up with this plan of leading orientation hikes for the new runners and people who would want to go out and see the course ahead of time and share stories and, and that kind of stuff. And he took that on and he, he led that. And, he, and I said, Chris, that was great. You know, and the people loved it. A couple of years ago, you hard rock was very publicly called out about the lottery Mm -hmm. from not just an outsider Mm -hmm. from a woman who won the race sabrina stanley Mm -hmm. when that happened and it wasn't someone who's an outsider you've been outsiders have been talking smack about the hard rock lottery since the beginning of time i think since 1992 even before you started the lottery people were talking smack about the hard rock lottery Yeah, exactly well this isn't going to be good in 20 years (laughs) right right, exactly Uh, but to have not an outsider because you can deal with outsiders they don't Mm -hmm. know they don't know Mm -hmm. the intent behind and right. using Oppenheimer's computer to make this work and make it all, mm-hmm. all go wonderfully. Mm-hmm. But when, when Sabrina mm-hmm. called you out as a race, mm-hmm. as, as a woman who's won the race, mm-hmm. how did that feel? That hurt. Yeah, that hurt. Um, but it also made me sad because, um, and, I, and I've shared some of this with Sabrina, so I don't mm-hmm. think I'm, I'm violating any trust. I, I wish she would have come to me or come to one of our board members or something and and gotten a little bit of information before she said some of the things that she did Mm -hmm. and but i didn't i didn't feel like it was in the best interest of hard rock which is always one of the things i have as race director that's my that's my main thing um i didn't feel that it was in the best interest of hard rock or in the best interest of our community to engage in a 
let's get down in the in the in the dirt and and go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth because because you're right i mean i've i've been the bar i mean we've 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 heard for years about our lottery so so it was a little disappointing that sabrina didn't didn't you know come and talk to us ahead of time but i wasn't going to throw gasoline on the fire so to speak about you know some of the things she said did you because she was a, a a winner and because she was a part of the hard rock family did you take what she said and go like, okay, wait, let's just, let's double check. I want to, let's make sure yeah. that, that we are not doing something unintentionally that exactly. could be hard. Yeah, I think that's a really, and, and thank you for asking that because I think in anyone's criticism, there's always some things that, that, um, that, that offer us the opportunity to think about or to evaluate or to reconsider or to, you know, look at the pros and cons or whatever. Um, and so in that sense, not only when Sabrina, you know, when Sabrina said what she did, but when other people have said the same thing, it's like it either affirms a lot of what we do, but it also gives me and the, the policymaking board that of which I'm, you know, the employee of a chance to kind of say, well, are we really doing the best we can? you know, with, with what we've got, with the resources that we have. Yeah. Have you guys, has everything been reconciled? Are you guys, is she back on the Christmas card list? (laughs) Um, Her significant other, Avery Collins finished this year. Yeah. Um, I saw her at the finish line. I said, hello. And that's where we're at. All right. Well, well, you know what? Time heals all wounds, and I'm sure you're going to get a card in the mail that says "Merry Christmas" yeah. right. <laughs> at some yeah. point. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Sabrina, and you know, and Sabrina also brings it. And I don't want to make this about all about Sabrina, but no. but she also lives in Silverton, so she's well ingrained in the in the Hard Rock community. Yeah, you know, yeah, she's not somebody living you know in Pennsylvania that maybe right. has read about it in a magazine somewhere. Right. Someone that lives in Silverton yeah. and and has won the race. Looking right. back. At all the years. I want to, let's go positive. I want to go positive now. We've talked sure, about that. You. People can't claim yeah. that I don't ask hard questions. I don't want to see that on my reviews. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Uh, but 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 shifting gears to sure. the thing that I'm sure for you makes everything worth it. All of the marmots eating trail markings, all of the everything, the like, <laughs> like the finishes. Think back. What are some of your favorite hard rock finish stories? Mm. Can I can I kind of give some context to that? Absolutely. Two two things, two things, two context, two two pieces, and then I'll try to. And I'm by my actually, I'm kind of Brian. I'm kind of by myself sometimes, so I can go through some of those finishes. But yeah. the first thing is um, that first year, which I've already talked about being such a, a, a you know. <laughs> whatever it was um, we were sitting at the finish line in this small trailer uh, Gordon Hardman's wife um, um, who and her two little kids in this small pop-up trailer and it, we get, hear this knock on the door uh, and um, standing at the door is this, just this person just drenched you know because it had been raining and it was it was a man and he said uh, I just finished is there anybody that I should tell <laughs> That, that I finished. And and that to me, Brian, was a gut punch to me. It's like, the, here's a guy who did this thing out without a whole lot of support, you know, in the first couple of years. And there was nobody there to say congratulations. So I've, part of the context is I've tried to be at the finish. I made a commitment to, to I, I will try to be at the finish line for, for there, every finish will have at least one person there. Yeah. Basically. Um, the second thing is, of course, we're known probably one of our best known things when you talk about our culture and the mystique of hard rock is that big old piece of, you know, that big rock that sits in the finish line. Yeah. Um, and I'm here to tell you and your listeners that was all the, that was all part of a lack of planning on my part. Um, <laughs> you know, we were standing at the start line and and I, you know, and, and somebody said, well, how do we know when we're going to be finished? And I go. And I forgot, and it's like, crap, I didn't build any kind of a finish line, you know? So it's like, well, go touch that rock, you know? And then pretty soon after, well, it was no longer good enough to touch the rock, then somebody kissed it. So I said, well, that's kind of cool. So we'll, everybody has to kiss the rock. And then it wasn't just this little rock that was in the in the ground. It had to be a big rock, you know, that, that kind of was part of the Silverton lore. And, and then it wasn't, you know, it, and it's just kind of evolved. But 
I, I tell that story because one, I mean, people think that I've got it all together. I really didn't have it all together all the time. Um, but the, the, um, when you talk about the hard rock finishes, they all have, have that, that rock, um, in, in some part of, of the story. So that being said, um, certainly the one, the couple of them that have, that come to mind, one is, um, in 2017, was it 2017? We have a 48 hour cutoff. Mm -hmm. Our, our last finisher was at 47 hours, 59 minutes and 59 seconds. (laughs) And it was like, and, and what was so cool was he finished in front of a full crowd. We have a golden hour and he would, and bogey finished with a lot of people there to witness this, this thing. I mean, people were crying. They, people were, were just so excited and, and that kind of thing. Um, that one stands out. Uh, I've had two wedding proposals. Nice. I've had two people, two, two, um, two people or two different, two different couples, uh, become engaged at the, at the finish line. Um, God, countless, countless numbers of, of finishers who just come and just the emotion that they bring to the finish line. The other one, Oh, I'll I'll tell another one, Adam Campbell. I don't know if you know the name, Adam Mm -hmm. Campbell, um, and and his story but he had an, an injury and and broke his back and and really used finishing hard rock as a motivator to come back from this very good career debilitating injury and just to have him there to celebrate um you know finishing after he he he'd been injured was was really 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 special look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Uh, but... I know it sounds cliche, but but every everybody brings their own story to the to the to the rock, and and I'm just really so fortunate to be able to be part of that story for everybody. For me, what I'll always take away from this is, you know, you talked about earlier the intent for doing certain things for Hard Rock for setting that culture. There was intent behind the decisions you've made with that race to perpetuate this culture, and then to go like. People are like, how do we know we're finished? And you're like, oh, crap. It was an oh, crap moment. <laughs> you know, you thought you had planned everything, right? Like, I, yeah. we've got this race yeah. planned. We have all and the then, answers. And then someone yeah. says, how do we know if we're done? You're like, oh, God, I never thought yeah, about I the finish. About that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you see that rock over yeah. there, everybody? They're like, yeah. yeah. You're like, we'll touch that. Yeah, you're like, that yeah. represents the, the hard work of the miners in this area. <laughs> And uh, we had that. <laughs> oh yeah, it's uh, it's an a-, a happy happy accident, I guess. Is that the, the correct term? Or I think yeah, it's yeah. The, I think it's fantastic. The one of the most iconic Finnish areas in our sport was made up on the fly in a oh crap moment. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, well, then the other thing with that rock was um, after I would say, you know, and it's it gone through it's it's it, it gone through a kind of an evolution with the logos being painted on it and that kind of stuff. And then it was about eight or nine years ago, and it, it sits in it sits in this little pocket park. So anybody can see it. I mean, we don't keep it, you know, we just plop it there and then we move it, you know, the Wednesday before Hard Rock starts, we pick it up. The the Silverton Town, uh, their public works project comes in with a big dozer and picks it up and takes it 150 feet or whatever and plops it in front of Silverton School. And they, uh, it was about eight or nine years ago and they picked it up and it just broke apart, you know, like just broke apart, just, you know, freeze and thaw and, and age and stuff like that. Talk about another oh crap moment now that we had this iconic thing and it's sitting in seven or eight pieces. And it's like, 
what am I going to do? And luckily we had a, a gentleman who was much handier than I, I was, you know, get out uh, just a bunch of stuff, straps and glues. And uh, his name is Roger Rublick. And he, uh, he put it all together and strapped it together. I said, Roger, just get it through one year and then we'll figure it out. Uh, and so luckily he, it held, you know, for a year. And then, um, then we went and got a new one and painted a new logo on it. So we're actually on rock, rock number two. <laughs> Be uh, gentle with that rock when you pick it up. <laughs> Be gentle. Yeah. And it, 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 the other fun thing is, you know, we could have just like thrown it out or whatever, but he put it back together. Took he, and he lived in Silverton, and and he got public works, and he built this little shrine almost, and you can go and see the original hard rock over by the Kendall mountain ski area, which is the little local ski area in, in kind of a place of honor. That's very know, cool. That's yeah. really cool. Um, something that has sprung up around hard rock, mm-hmm. um, is something called soft rock, which mm-hmm. people will run mm-hmm. the course their own time. Sometimes it takes a couple right. of days or whatever. Right. When did you first become aware of the soft rock tradition? Uh, about, I would say that we've started seeing hard, uh, soft rocks 10, 12, 13 years ago. And it's, it's kind of an interesting interesting kind of dichotomy, Ryan, that uh, when Gordon Hardman, our founder, came up with this idea of hard rock, he said, we want to do things that bring some positive, eco-friendly economic development to Silverton, Telluride, Lake City, and, and Silverton. Um, and, and so part of what we've always done is our, how are we helping in, how are we positively helping the community? Um, so we, from the very early on, we thought about this idea of, wouldn't it be cool if we could do a marked trail, the whole course, but you know, the course goes off, off for service um, system. It goes through private property owners that we get, we, you know, the more we've learned about our own course, the harder that that idea has come. But the, the soft rock, I think it, it came about 10 years ago when people said, well, maybe we don't have to run it. We want to experience, you know, the, the views. We want to experience the challenge and that kind of thing. Um, and now they're staying and they're doing exactly what Gordon Hartman wanted them to do. And they're, they're spending money in the communities and they're camping out and they're enjoying each other's company and building community and that kind of thing. And, and, uh, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of, of soft rock, yeah. although hard rock will never be an official partner of, we'll never officially sanction it because it, it just, it'd be too hard to do. Well, right. But, but you are probably the only race director on planet earth that is excited that there's a knockoff version of your race. Right. Right. No, I think, you know, if you look at really what hard rock brings to people's lives and the, what it means to finish something of that mag of the magnitude of which we ask. Yeah. Some people do it, you know, in 21, 22 hours, some people it takes days, but the, the, the excitement that they get is and the, and the experiences that they have and the beauty that they see is just as important if they do it in four days if they do it in 21 hours mm-hmm. how has the runner changed dale from the very first hard rock with that guy knocking on the door soaking wet going like yeah. where who do i need to tell that i'm done yeah to now yeah. how is the how have you seen the runners change um i've seen a, a big change in the i'd say once we became kind of this bucket list uh run for a lot of people um that changed things. I think we are a microcosm of the changes that, that I think ultra running is, is, is experiencing um, as a sport, mm-hmm. as, we, as we all are. You know, if you talk to any, any event director, they're going to talk about uh, different expectations, um, technology, the use of technology and, and those kinds of things. Um, our, our first runners weren't that concerned with their time they were more concerned with the experience so i think that's one one difference Mm -hmm. um i think the and and this is kind of and i'll say this not in a bad way but i think the our older runners came to hard rock much more prepared for what they were to about ready to do than some of our runners are now in terms of being not being knowledgeable about 
weather systems and being knowledgeable about how fast weather can changes and, and being knowledgeable about those kinds of things. On the flip side of that, they're also very savvy about, well, I, I, I know more about my own nutrition. I know more about my own things that I need in order to be successful. So it's kind of a yin and yang, but, but, um, they, it, the, 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 the runner has changed, maybe some of the ex expectations have changed, but we're pretty um, stubborn when it says, you know, what you, what you bring to Hard Rock, we want you to experience what we think is important rather than you, you, tell, us, you tell us what you need. It's like, this is what it is, kind of, you know, take it or leave it. You know, right. If you, if you say like, listen, we need avocado toast at every aid station, you're going to go like, well, we'll look into that. But that doesn't really sound very yeah, hard. Rock. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, and exactly. But I but I also think that it behooves any any run director, race director, event director, whatever to listen to their community. And, and what they you know, what they need and, and what their expectations are and then measure those expectations, balance those ex expectations against what it is they're trying to create mm -hmm. and, and then try to come up with something that works for both. When I talked to Craig Thornley this year before Western States, yeah. uh, one of the things that blew me away was the fact that people register for Western States that are not qualified. Mm -hmm. Do you have to deal with that as well? A little bit. Yeah, we, we do a little bit, probably not to the extent that, you know, um, Leadville does or Craig does or anything like that, because we have you have to run. We have 31 qualifiers around the world um, that we hope that will in some way prepare or show or showcase uh, people who run those events. Kind of what Hard Rock can be, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so we, I think we do have a, we do have a leg up on some other events because they come to hard rock a little bit more experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if we look at our finish, we have over 70% finish rate, which is huge. Right. You know, it, it's huge. So, and I think the other thing is whether we've scared people, you know, scared you know, scared them or whatever, they take it a whole lot serious or a, a lot more serious or the fact, and now we go back to that lottery question, people have waited for so long, for so many years in some cases that they do everything to prepare to be successful, mm -hmm. you know, where, you know, maybe some other events like, oh, I'm going to do this, but if I have to drop out or whatever, you know, that, that, that happens, you know, um, yeah, I think we are very fortunate. We get people who are wild and tough. And, right, and they a lot of them have waited a long time, and and the, uh, fin a hard rock finish still means something to a lot of people. But you, so it sounds like you have very few people of trying to get into the lottery with no qualifier, like like thinking yeah, you wouldn't it, check. It can't, it can't happen. Right, it can't happen. Yeah, <laughs> like they're happen. never going to check. I'm going to say yeah, I finished yeah. this race. But I'm be, never you know, early on, we we had this thing called Section Four where people could write us an essay. Yeah, you know about what their mountaineering experiences were and stuff like that. But then that became too subjective, and it was like. Uh, you know, we, we can't, we, we need something a little bit more objective. And so that's where we came up with all these qualifiers. Um, another thing that shocked me that Craig told me was how many people email him expecting an exception. Like, listen, mm -hmm. I know you've got a lottery and listen, I know you've got only a certain number of, of people allowed the lottery, but here's why you should allow me to completely bypass the lottery and let me straight into the race. Mm -hmm. Do you have mm -hmm. to deal with that? I get a few, probably not as many as Craig. Um, you know, he's dealing he's dealing with a little bit different dynamic, I think, than we are. And and uh, but I did I answered that particular email from somebody three days ago. Really? You know? Yeah. You're like, nope. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. That's what I said. You know, that that's basically I try to say it a little bit nicer, but basically that's what I said. <laughs> You know, it's funny. Yeah. It's There's probably you and Craig Thornley could just have an email chain between the two of you of, oh, my God, look at this. Could just. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and, and I'm going to see Craig, I'm going to see Craig at the American Trail Running Association uh, National Conference here in about three or four weeks. And and he and I talk a lot because there are some things. Uh, you know, like when he was going this year, especially with the snow and stuff like that, I was checking in on him and, you know, how you doing and that kind of thing. And 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 we we have a, a cordial relationship back and forth, you know, um, 
you know, we, we talk about super Saturday when we both do our lotteries and how that's going to, you know, how that's going and stuff like that. We're, we're pretty well, we're kind of linked, you know, in a lot of people's minds, you know, especially after this summer, we're linked together, mm-hmm. you know, we are, we are linked together. Yeah. Courtney has created, I mean, people, other people have done it, but all of a sudden all mm-hmm. this publicity now for this double, like imagine that you right. are you are linked and and there are lots of race directors lots of race directors of popular races but there's only two that race direct a race with this much prestige and story behind it and so hard to get into and it's what everybody talks about so you are there's probably there's two people on on planet earth you guys are, are the only ones yeah. that can share some yeah. of these yeah some of these things and, it, it, and it's in, the, in that sense it really is kind of comforting to have have him at the other end of my you know have his phone number in my phone and it's like well how are you handling this or you know how are things going or you know what do you what do you, you know so, yeah yeah this episode is brought to you by shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Plus, he's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, easy to talk to. Um, You know, yeah, it was a a great interview. Um, Yeah. (laughs) It's so it's it's true. It's it, I was blown away when he it said that. I was blown away when he yeah. was like, "People will yeah. they won't get a qualifier, or they'll say they ran a race they didn't run." And we're like, "You're not qualified." Now, and they're like, "Yeah, what? Now, and, and that Ryan, we have we've we've had that a little bit more than the email about, um, um, you know, hey, can you just let me in, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, kind of thing. Um, and we have actually, um, I don't know if you know John Medinger. Mm-hmm. oh yeah tropical, uh, tropical john. john yeah mm-hmm. he 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 is our gatekeeper he checks every applicant for us you know he's like yeah really yeah so tropical yeah. john the voice of the finish line at western states is your private investigator to see if people actually finish the qualifier <laughs> we get we get on lottery the week before lottery he goes here's here's you know here's all the people who have who've applied who have actually have a finisher <laughs> wow! Yeah. yeah. Uh, other thing yeah. you're just hearing here, folks. I've never heard this. This is great stuff. Um, yeah. So many races, Dale, are going to you know more media intensive, where they've got mm-hmm. live streams and they've got people mm-hmm. hosting the start and mm-hmm. the finish line, and they've got live mm-hmm. tracking and all of that. Has there been yeah. a discussion to bring more media to Hard Rock? We. <laughs> We, we, we have media, you know, and it, it's partially, beca- again, because of, of what we are, but also some of the people that come. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we did live stream for the first year last year. Uh, kudos to Jamil Curry and, and Run Steep Get, Get High and Air Vipa for, for kind of doing that. Um, uh, we thought it went well. Um, we don't go out and purposely try to solicit media. Mm-hmm. But we also know that there's uh, a lot of people who want to tell the story of a runner or they want to come. They've got a particular angle that they want to explore in, in the San Juans and things like that. So so we have a, a media coordinator who kind of works with that and, and comes has come up with a pretty comprehensive media policy. But we 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 engage them. We we don't we don't discourage them. You know, we say, welcome, you're you're you know, you're part of the you know, you can tell the story and. Um, but, but again, there's some things that we want to make sure, and it's not really about their content. We don't try to, to tell them what they can say and what yeah. they can't say, but, you know, just in terms of where they can be and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, for you, because Dale. a lot of oh. people come to hard rock wanting that solitary experience. And there's just, just something about, you know, running through pole Creek and having a helicopter follow you or, or coming across, you know, coming up on top of this peak and having 50 cameras looking at you or that kind of thing. So ruins this ruins the fun of the race when you've yeah. got to deal yeah. with a helicopter flying over you. <laughs> right. But you know, the other thing you, and you mentioned kind of this runner tracking this runner, we used runner tracking, not because we thought it was a, I mean, it's become real popular. It's one of our, our best meet. It's, it's one of our highest usages on during run week, but we, 
because of the terrain that we're in, we developed runner tracking specifically. So our search and rescue people would, would be able to be more effective in when we had to go and find a, a runner or something like that. So that it came out of the, the, the publicity thing, the, the media thing, the thing that everybody follows now was really it kind of came out of a out of our, our medical and our search and rescue people saying we need something to make our lives a little bit easier. Well, that right now is going to make your lottery even bigger because people are going to go, see, they weren't trying to be hip. They were just trying to make sure they could find the bodies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dale. You've done so much. We talked a little bit. We touched a little bit on it. You're retired from 31 years of, of, of teaching high school. You've Which been, I loved. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it, I, you know, I can tell you as the spouse of a teacher, yeah. it's so rewarding. I can, you know, I, those, all yeah. hard, those hard nights of grading papers. But then when you go out in public and someone sees you that had you in class and tells you that they changed, you changed their life. I mean, there's no, yeah. nothing better than that. Yeah. But how much longer are you going to be? the rd of hard rock have you thought about your exit yeah. people have asked that people <laughs> people how long are you gonna be doing this yeah um i I will, I will say two things i still love what i do mm-hmm. i still feel like i've got energy i've got ideas i've got things that that i feel um are valuable to the hard rock community so i'm 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 not here to you, I already told you a couple things. You heard it here first with Ryan, you know, <laughs> but I'm not, reti- I'm not retiring here in the next couple of years. But the other thing it will be uh, when I do retire, it'll be, well, two things. One, it'll be a, it'll be a transition. It'll be a two or three year transition. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, uh, there, there's just too much I, that I've either not written down or forgotten to write down or I have in my head or, or whatever. Um, and the other thing is, even though I won't be the person who picks that person, that'll be a, our board of directors who, who hires the, the RD. Uh, whoever this is, I hope will embrace kind of the, some of the ideas and some of the values that we've, we've um, worked so hard to, to establish over these past 30 years. I would think so. I, I'd be shocked if someone's like, hey, let's make this more corporate. You know, let's yeah. let's let's invite 1,500 runners and let's ruin the town. Right. It's like the, you've built right. such a community yeah. that I'd be shocked if that happens. Yeah. Um, Dale, we have gone some areas. I learned some things about Hard Rock today that I never thought I would learn. <laughs> this has been a really fun chat. Thank you. Well, of course, man. I'm so glad to have the opportunity to talk with you. And, and you know, when I... I, I have to tell you, I was listening to your, yours and Courtney's conversation as I was out on a bicycle ride. I, and I just, you know, it was like I, I became so enthralled with your guy, the way the way that you two were having this conversation and, and that kind of thing. It's like it, it was like I ended my bike ride and the conversation ended. it was like, God, I need to talk to Ryan. So, <laughs> so thank you. Well, thank you, Dale. And just know that if when you pick Kyle Curtin's name in the lottery this year. I'll be seeing you at Hard Rock next year because I will okay. be there. I would, I would love it if you were there, buddy. I would love it if you were there. 